tappa col cross, palla dentro Pavoletti, Pavoletti, incredibile, Pavoletti al 94esimo minuto, il Cagliari sblocca al 94esimo minuto con Leonardo Pavoletti, incredibile, al San Nicola, incredibile. Hello and welcome back to Say a Spotlight. This is episode 83 where your host Jake and Matt and we're here to take you through the Serie B promotional playoffs. Yes, of course there's a bunch of other news that we want to go through before we get into all the details and the happenings of Serie B, the playoffs, the playouts, all the necessary information. A lot Champions has League happened final. this week. There was the Champions League final. There was the um, World Cup Under-20 oh, yeah. finals as well that we need to talk about. So we'll just go through a quick rundown and then we'll get to Serie B and give you guys what you want to hear. The goal we featured in our intro was Pavoletti's last second winner to gain promotion for Cagliari. Um, Zappa absolutely destroyed his man out on the wing, whipped in a beautiful cross and Pavoletti just volleyed it home. Um, quite an easy task for him. Zappa did all the dirty work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 95th minute, second leg. Bari were cruising to the Serie A at that point, naturally, because they had finished third. But, wow, Cagliari just kept on going in the last minute, until the last minute. And that fierce San Nicola Stadium with that atmosphere, with Bari fans going absolutely mental. 52,000 of them. 52,000 of them and absolutely silenced because of Pavoletti. It'll be great to see him back in Serie A next year, man. Yeah, definitely. If you want to check out our snippets, guys, um, you can follow us at Serie Spotlight on Instagram or TikTok. And you can also check out our website for new merch. Um, yep. I don't know if you've noticed the um, artwork um, of the episodes. Uh, I've been drawing these yeah. little fucking silly caricatures. And <laughs> you can buy them as stickers now. They're like one, one euro, one euro 30 cents. Yeah, it's like, like that. one euro 39 cents. We're also doing like bucket yeah. hats and, and t shirts and caps, yeah. so on and so forth. They're, they're, cool. they're, they're pretty sick. I mean, you can feel free. We're, we're yeah. going to buy some ourselves because Why we enough. actually think they're pretty cool. Like that bucket hat with the... With Kandreva. With, with, with Kandreva. Um, we're a bit limited with what colors we can do. That would be sick in a maroon, for example. True, like those Salernitana colors. But we're only starting. This is the start of something new. It's the new stream for us. Um, something we're passionate about. Something we're creating. Well, like Jake is creating. <laughs> if you guys want to support, feel yeah. free. We've also got Patreon. I don't want to shove everything down your throats, but that's $3.99 <laughs> a month if you'd like to support our content, guys. Yes, we have had another uh, FIFA showdown that time with the drafts. Mm-hmm. We were doing FIFA drafts on Ultimate Team. And we were, just, we were just taking every single Serie A or Italian player that we came across. We were taking the likes of fucking... Uh, Verdi, Simone Verdi. Simone Verdi would, would have the, the option of like Cruyff or, yeah. or something <laughs> Fucking bring Verdi For, for the culture, baby For the culture Okay, so I think the first thing we need to address, bro, before getting into the playoffs Is um, the Champions League final Thoughts? Absolutely um, I think it's as we said it would be in the sense that, of course, City are favourites But Inter are a tough team to penetrate They're a tough team to... It's tough to adapt when you're playing against Inter. It's mm. like you never know what's going to come. They're such an organized team and they're so versatile when it comes to the way that they move the, the ball forward. So City had a tough time adapting, but they did have that one moment. That's the difference, no, between City and Inter. Inter would have had 
four better chances than City had, but City have that quality. They have someone like Rodri where the ball's outside the yeah. area, just slots it in. One lapse in concentration for Inter and it costs them. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned, I think, in the last episode, not that it was going to be the runners in behind who would do damage. Yeah, exactly. Not Haaland, you know, because Inter have centre-backs who can marshal Haaland. You know, you look at Acherby. I mean, before the game, an Inter fan was asked what it would take to stop Haaland. And he replied, I don't rifle. know, maybe a rifle. <laughs> <laughs> rifle. <laughs> a rifle, maybe. <laughs> Turns out, by rifle, he meant 35-year-old Francesco Acherby. Then he would have been spot on because Literally, he did a man. great job. He did Alf. a fantastic job. I think he was yeah. man of the match, in probably, my opinion. Acherby, for Inter, at least. Yeah. Um, the De Bruyne injury, of course, gave Inter fans hope. Well, um, well it, it can give... Inter hope but it's not always something so beneficial because you would practice and you would practice and you would practice to deal with the source that is Kevin De Bruyne you take out Kevin De Bruyne and you bring on I don't know who did they bring on they bring on Phil Foden yeah. and like suddenly shit okay now it's Phil Foden yeah. we haven't yeah, practiced yeah, exactly, to deal with exactly. Phil, Phil Foden there was a famous story about um, some manager that was going to the FA Cup final and they were preparing for Gascoigne to play against Gascoigne. It was against yeah. Spurs. Gascoigne went off injured after 20 minutes. And after that, they got mauled because this new guy came in. They knew nothing about him and he just destroyed them. Yeah. Obviously, there's more awareness in football nowadays than back then in the 90s or whatever that was. But it would have made a, a difference. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they had a game plan on, on um, KDB. defusing KDB. Yes, mm-hmm. but- but yeah, um, it was obviously <laughs> cut short because of the yeah. injury. But yes, um, I was pff, impressed by Inter, to be honest. DiMarco played an incredible game. DiMarco this season has really turned, switched gear compared to last year with Inter. Uh-huh. Um, I thought they were very unlucky. I thought Lukaku getting in the way again, man, who was so unlucky. And, and I think Simone and Zaghi, look, people are criticizing because it's easy to criticize him in hindsight for not starting Lukaku. But bringing him on, man, changed momentum and they did have chances to equalize and they were very unlucky not to, man. Mm. That amazing save by Edison at the end as well. Mm. I, I still think that a, a cooler head towards the end of the 90 minutes would have been the way to go by, by bringing on Jack, which is something I had said in the in the last episode as well. But in, in that case, I think it's one of those things that you end up looking so deeply into that no matter what the the conclusion is, it's never going to be the right one yeah there's you're always going to be missing out on something it's a judgment call and i think they've the, on all the big stages inter have been in this season they always started zeko and brought on lukaku that mm. was their system that's what they had been doing that's what worked i think it's as simple them. as if you need to score you're not going to stretch the lines with zeko if you need to score against a team that dominates possession you need to be able to stretch the game as much as mm. possible. Zeko doesn't give you that. You can't play Zeko in behind. Mm. Lukaku, on the other hand, if he's starting from the halfway line and you play him in behind, prime Lukaku at least, mm. would absolutely demolish his man. And that gives them the opportunity to have fresh legs and to actually strengthen in the second half because City are most definitely strengthening. They've got 100 million men on the bench, mm. right? You know, mm. 100 million euro men. So yeah. you don't actually have 100, 100 million. million 100 million substitutes. They don't even have a million fans, I think. So did, did you see their celebrations, man? Oh, <laughs> Bro, I mean, you look at Milan winning the league. Okay, for, forget the Italians because obviously a lot. Not levels. Not because they're more passionate, which I believe that they are, but not because they're more passionate. But even the chants, the language, the, the demeanor, and everything just does make it more vibrant. 
then chanting a few silly songs to each other in in, in English. Um, but honestly, look, you look at Liverpool when they want, you look at United when they want, you look at Chelsea when they want, then you look at City and it's like, okay, this is a cute little get-together. You just <laughs> want the fucking treble dogs. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Um, I think the one the person who celebrated the most was most definitely Jack Grealish and he's in Malta now and about, to, Malta play, now, about, about to, play. to play against he's, he's not going to be playing <laughs> so bro let's move away from the Champions League final I applaud Inter I applaud every yes. each and every one of those Italian teams that made it to a final but failed to bring something home next season will be better yeah, come on there's guys. steps to success yes. So, say uh, update Hellas Verona stay up, Spezia go down after three consecutive years in Serie A. What did you make of this game, bro? This was a playoff um, relegation battle, uh-huh. playout, I believe they call yeah, it. Yeah, playout. Yeah, and um, the first one of this kind in in Serie yeah. A after it was introduced at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and Verona absolutely looked like. They looked like another level compared to Spezia. And Gonj looked incredible. I mean, it's it's as simple as Verona got going and and Spezia didn't. It's like Spezia really felt the... They they played the occasion, not not the game. It, it, It almost seemed like they weren't up to the task and Verona were too quick for them. Um, they were too wide for them. The way that they were playing on on, on the flanks was very, very dangerous. And Spezia just couldn't contain them. Spezia don't have half the weapons. In fact, they have one weapon up front, and and we all know his name. Yeah, yeah. And they've had many injuries as well, uh, like the key players as well, Spezia. I mean, granted, both teams had missing players, but I think Spezia don't afford to have missing players because their squad's quite thin. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hilarious that you say that because in the they've been in Serie A for three years now. Two of those years they had a transfer ban. <laughs> this was the first time they could have fucking splashed some cash, that's like, true. and they got relegated. Yeah. So that, that's just the way football goes sometimes. But I do think Verona were a level above Spezia um, in this game. Then you look at during the league. I think that Spezia were a bit more street smart than Verona, and and Verona were very very unlucky yeah. at times. But I think you put these teams head to head and Verona get it done. A terrible season for Verona. One decent month and they survive. Exactly. That's it. Um, One massive moment in the game was um, when Verona were leading 3-1. I believe it was Shomorodov managed to get the ball over the goalkeeper uh, and it was going in and Faroni just hands the ball off the line. Um, giving Spezia a penalty and getting a red card. Mm-hmm. Um, Inzola stepped up to take the penalty and he just passed it. To, terrible penalty. It was terrible. Yeah. He passed it to Montepo. Like, um, yeah. Montepo was a hero. Happy gets to stay in Serie A. He's expressed and his, he had his a, insecurity with that. The, <laughs> <laughs> aside from the penalty save, Montepo had a very, great very good game. game. Great game. Yeah. Great game. Man, Drangovski needs to stay in Serie A. So though. many of these guys. Even Simona Bastoni, Simone Inzola. Bastoni, Inzola. Yeah. I think like certain players could benefit from some time in Serie A. But Jossi, one of them. Jossi, Agudelo as well. Could, needs a bit of time. Like Maybe. Nicolao, I think, could stay as well, but we'll see anyway. Yeah. There are a few good players over here who can who can um, stay in Serie yeah. um, Ethan Ampadu, bro. Mm-hmm. Ethan Ampadu has been relegated for the past three seasons in a row. I know he got relegated with Venezia last year and this year with Spezia. And before that with Sheffield United. Oh, okay. <laughs> the guy just... If your club signs Ethan Ampadu, guys, you better be worried. Exactly. How funny. He'll probably... Mm, I don't know if he'll stay in Italy next season. 
I enjoyed him. I think he's a good I, player. I really, I, yeah. I, he had a game from hell. <laughs> he had the Mixed weirdest, <laughs> the weirdest football game I've ever witnessed in my life. So first they concede and the ball bounces in off of him. Then he scores an absolute worldy, yeah, a worldy. Well, there was a deflection, but worldy. It reminded mm. me of Luis Alberto's goal against Inter. Gorgeous, significant deflection though. Um, and then after they concede another, and it bounces in off Ampadu as well. It's like, yeah. was he was he the hero? Was he the villain? Yeah. I can't quite put my finger on it, man. But yeah. he was everything for Spezia in that game. He was absolutely everything, and he was everywhere. He was most definitely everything, but above all, he was Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> on the topic of this week's losers, we've got the Esposito brothers. Yes, now, for those yeah. of you who are confused, there are three of them. There are three Espositos littered um, amongst Serie Very talented family. Yes, very. Um, one of them is Sebastiano Esposito, who lost the playoff final with Bari against Cagliari. Then there's Salvatore Esposito, who lost the playoff final with Spezia. And then there's Francesco Esposito, who lost the Under-20 World Cup final against Uruguay. Ma, man. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't want I to mean, be at the next family gathering. They're, they're, <laughs> they're still better off than us. I guess they still play. Oh, they all played them. Hey, that's the way they should look at it. Yeah. No, I just said steps to success. Look at the Esposito brothers, dog. All made happened? it to finals. Yeah. Well, one of them was a playout final. <laughs> <laughs> but he's young and playing regularly in Serie yeah. A, so that's yeah. good. Yeah. Yes, um, on that note, Cagliari, of course, are back in Serie after one season out. Now, there's a very romantic story over here as a young Claudio Ranieri in 1988 joined Cagliari in Serie A and led them to two successive promotions to Serie A. In December, a 71-year-old Ranieri came in with the task of bringing struggling Cagliari back to Serie A. And he took over when they were in 14th place. And yes, they, man. He, he did it. He did an, it. An, an absolute, just the tinker man, no the, the hero, man, yeah. the guy that makes the impossible possible. You can talk all day about his failures, but his successes are just so overwhelming, man. Look at what he did with Leicester. Look at what he did with Cagliari. Look at what he did in the past in Serie A as well. That's a very, very, very... He just really makes a team gel as a family, creates this bond. I do believe that he's a bit of a, a Ted Lasso with, with more of a tactical approach, <laughs> a highly tactical approach. I think he's a, he's a very lovable figure. Yes, you saw his, 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 his yeah. Leicester squad. We are in Champions day. League, man. We are in Champions League, man. But diddly ding, diddly down. <laughs> diddly ding, diddly down. <laughs> that was amazing, man. And obviously as well, there, there was also... Um, Frosinone, who won Serie B last year, led by Thiago Motta. Um, and and Genoa in second, managed by Alberto Gilardino. So you have two World Cup winners over there. Um, and also Genoa and Cagliari just got relegated last yeah. season. For them to bounce back in the manner that they did was fantastic. And you look at Venezia made the playoffs as well after they were fighting a dev what would have been a very devastating relegation for them because they went up to A, then they went down to B, and then they were going to go down to Che, but instead they almost made it all the way back up to hey. A. And the main man over there was obviously Poyan Paolo. Hopefully yeah, we'll yeah. still see in Serie A Scoring four goals in a game and then going and drinking a beer with the fans. Like, and what I swear to you, that's actually a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the coolest dog. He is the coolest. On the topic of playouts, Serie B, Serie A, um, there was also a playout 
game between Cosenza and Brescia yeah. in Serie because they finished with 40 points. By the way, 40 points to be battling relegation. My God, uh, huh? My competitive God. league. My God. Um, yes, Cosenza won over two legs, which means that Brescia went down to Serie chair, which means that Spal, Benevento and Brescia, who have all been in Serie recently, are all in Serie right now. That's, That's absolutely crazy. fucking crazy, though. But what went down in this Cosenza-Brescia game was crazy. So the first game was a 1-0 victory to Cosenza, uh, thanks to a late goal by baby bomber Marco Nasti. Um, but in the second leg, Brescia were leading 1-0. And then Cosenza scored to make it 1-1, and chaos ensued. <laughs> and this is according to the referee's report. It's so report. dumb. It's so dumb. Yes. Immediately after Cosenza's equalizer, which condemned Brescia to say it, the match was suspended due to a launch of at least 10 smoke bombs on the field and the pitch invasion of some Brescia supporters who forced match officials and players to return to the changing rooms. After about 20 to 25 minutes, the referee returned to the field and having learned from the public order manager that the conditions were not safe to resume, he decided to definitively suspend the match on the result of 1-1 and therefore a 3-0 walkover was the yep. result and Brescia are now in Serie C. Um, shambolic attitude by the fans, D- quite disgusting. I mean, ab- ab- absolutely disgusting because like we said a-, a thousand times in the past two episodes, there is absolutely no space for harassing any footballer or any other person in that sense, but throwing shit at footballers, trying to hurt footballers, and, and there are your own guys on the pitch and you don't yeah. care if you hit them, you don't care if you hit the others. It's it's a fucking final one one more goal by Brescia and they could have fucking yeah, done yeah, it. Yeah. Like it, it it was just a very a strange reaction from the fans, a very dangerous reaction from the fans and it's a shame that the team had to suffer a 3-0 walkover because of those absolute lunatics, man. Lunatics. Yeah, yeah it's a shame. It's a real shame. Um, Silvio Berlusconi is dead, aged 86 years old, the um, football legend, to be honest with you. He's hyper successful in his field, um, a serial winner in every single thing he's done. Super controversial figure, a funny figure, to be honest yes. with you, always... Always entertained me. Um, he, he divisive, definitely. I I think if you call him a a, a footballing legend or or a f- legend in the world of football, it discredits it it discredits him as a as a human being and as a person. Yeah. Not to say that obviously, like you said, he wasn't a controversial figure, a very decisive figure. Um, very sorry, divisive. A, a very divisive figure. Mm. Um, but just. So full of life for the entirety of of whatever he did, he always had such a personality everywhere he went. From his meetings with Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, and 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 all of these situations. Yeah. I don't know if you know, but he told Obama he doesn't like his tan. Yeah. <laughs> he told him, he told him, but Michelle looks like quite a lay. <laughs> He's just such he was a unhinged, con- absolutely unhinged. Um. And with that being said, just a, a, a legend for Milan. The yeah. success that he had with AC Milan was unbelievable. Um, sad to see him go, sad to see anyone go, but Silvio Berlusconi is so full of life until the last minute. Unfortunately, he's no longer with yeah, us. And Condolences. It's, and it's a shame because the Monza project was going so well with him at the helm. And now it's um, Evangelos Marinakis who has taken over. Um, he's acquired Monza. He is the owner of Olympiacos and Nottingham Forest as well. Oh, there you go. So, Good budgets. Olympiacos should, signing yeah. 
some superstars and a Nottingham Forest buying anyone but a player with... He with should be able to, but apparently, once Premier again, another another controversial figure here in yeah. Marinakis um, as an owner. But we'll we'll see what happens with Monza. Does Galliani stay? Galliani yeah. might stay. It's up to Marinakis. Mm. No? I mean, as long as Maybe he'll Marinakis is... And write a one-line uh, tweet about <laughs> it. No, then. Maybe he'll just cough up the cash and he'll leave the project in Galliani's hands. Yeah. Um, just one note here. Roma have signed Indica for four million a season. He was hot property. I think Milan wanted him as well. They got him for free. He's on four million a season, though. Um, I mean, Roma have been good at picking up these free signings. Yeah, I mean, and they've got that pull factor. Um, I know they won't be having Champions League next year, but they do have a certain Mr. Mourinho at the end. They've got players yeah. like the Ball and Pellegrini at the team, and yeah, just their their pull factor at the moment is stronger than it's been in the past. 10 years, I would say. Yeah, with the Mourinho project. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of transfer news, there's a lot of speculation. We can't really cover everything. It would be impossible. It would be Every episode would become outdated immediately. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, remember yeah. that one episode where we tried oh, to do funny, a transfer man. update and the second we finished, something crazy happened. Who had joined? Dybala had joined Roma. We had just finished our entire transfer segment. Didn't mention anything about Dybala to Roma. We actually said Dybala's being linked to Winter because he fucking yeah. was like... And then we finish recording, we're like, ah, great, okay. The ball has just signed for Rome. And I remember just slamming the laptop shut, like, and we yeah. just went and had a drink, like, like. Fuck it, fuck it. <laughs> so we can move on to the playoffs? Yes. So before we get into what teams made the playoff, what went down in the playoffs, I do want to explain the playoffs a little bit because naturally we all know them from competitions like in the championship where it becomes quite a spectacle worldwide and um, but they actually do take place in Serie B as well to get promoted to Serie A now like I said Frosinone finished first Genoa finished second therefore they automatically got promoted to Serie A and then therefore third to eighth had to take part in this playoffs now first and sorry um uh, Third and fourth automatically go to the semi-finals of the competition. Whereas the ones that finished anywhere below that need to play a quarter-final against each other. Now, the quarter-final is played um, through one leg. So it's essentially like a final. Whoever wins that progresses. And then the semi-finals and the finals are played over two legs. Now, what happens over these two legs is that if the teams finish at a stalemate on aggregate... It doesn't go to extra time, it doesn't go to penalties, but the team that finished above the other team automatically progresses to the next round. Yeah, I love how they just make up the rules, right? It's and like they each can't... stage has a different rule. It's like, are you prioritizing the playoff or the league right now? Yeah. There's this really like gray, gray area with it. To but me, I... they should just make it that competition and just stick to that competition. Who wins, wins. But it is at the same time nice that they take the domestic season into consideration. You know what I mean? Like if Bari finished third and they're losing for or their draw to Venezia, who are in eighth, for example, in the playoff final, it's only fair that Bari gets some form of advantage. No, if they finished above them in the league. I, I, I guess so. It's, it's, it's obviously not just negatives that, that go mm -hmm. with it. There are a few positives and it does make sense to a certain degree. But for the sake of the competition, I think it would be A, far more entertaining and B, there's a bit more order, in my opinion, mm -hmm. because it's like now it's this competition and it's this competition only because it's like, what are we doing this for? Why don't we just promote Bari yeah. like in that in that fucking case? If it matters who finished above who, like Bari, we're five points clear of fourth place Parma and, and Cagliari just below them. But mm -hmm. anyway, 
Like I said, Bari and Cagliari automatically went to the semi-finals of the competition. Suttirol had to um, play against Regina over one leg in which Suttirol won through a, a last-minute goal as well. Miraculous stuff by Suttirol, huh? Absolutely. They climbed. They, they had just gotten promoted to Serie B from Serie C. So they were going to be that motherfucking team that went up from Serie C to Serie A in the space of two seasons. But unfortunately, they did lose out to Bari. Um, in, in the semi-finals and then the other quarter-final was played between Cagliari and Venezia Venezia, like I said earlier a team that were really, really fighting an embarrassing relegation and they really managed to turn things around only to lose against Cagliari unfortunately for them in the quarter-finals so let's start with the quarter-finals bro before we move on yes um, we'll start with Reg- Suttirol Regina what did you make of this game bro? so I, I quite think that not only were Regina better than Sotirol mm. for the entire season, I think they were better than them in this game yeah. in particular. But Sotirol just kept on going to the end. They didn't have many chances, but the chance they had towards the end, they, they capitalized. Yeah, and their it. chances just kept getting better and better, man, as the game progressed. Um, of course, Regina are man- managed by Pippo Anzaghi. They were managed by Pippo Anzaghi because he's off to Turkey now. Oh, has Regina. he? Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. He's off, he's off. Who is he joining in Turkey, do you know? I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. Come to Besiktas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, Kaziragi's goal was a lovely moment, of course. Uh, there was just one minute remaining. Um, and he capitalized on a deflection from Loichano and beat Contini to secure the decisive goal for Sutterol with a very cool finish. Um, the Druzo Stadium erupted in celebration. You know, vibes, Sutterol can't believe it. You know, the steam that suffers so much controversy in Italy and gets so much backlash because they're not considered to be Italian. They're considered to be so northern. They're from Bolzano, I believe, or near okay. Bolzano. So they're basically Austrian, in fact. Okay. Yeah. In that case, Como are, are pretty much Swiss. Like uh, yeah. I was in Como recently. I'm like, I am a one-hour walk away from Switzerland. Like. Yeah. I actually went to Bolzano as well. And when, by, when you get there in that area, the signs are in German, like. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's quite good. Cool. It's crazy. And Fiorentina have a training camp there, fun fact, because I saw these purple flags everywhere and Fiorentina were oh, training in the mountains in, in the summer. All right. That's pretty, Italian. Yeah. <laughs> pretty beautiful. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention, bro, the most important thing of this episode, that Sopanara won't be renewing. Of course, of course. That should have been the first thing we mentioned and the intro should yeah. have been a Sopanara goal. And the cover at Sopanara sad. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where he'll go, man. Oh, bro, put him on Cagliari. Oof. Imagine. Luvumbo la padula saponara. mental. Okay. But, yeah, anyway, let's move on to the next one. The next game was actually juicier, the next quarter final. It was between yeah. Cagliari and Venezia, and this was the battle of the Serie B top scorers. We have Gianluca Lapadula on um, Cagliari, of course, who scored 21 goals in 36 games this season. And then you have Joel Poyampalu, yeah. who um, you've been going on about, bro, for a while, quite a while. Quite some time, yeah. yes. He is the Finnish striker for Venezia, who played 37 games and scored 19 goals. Yeah, with a team that was significantly well. Both teams, both these teams were sig- significant. Starts, yeah, very slow starts, very negative starts. But yeah, yeah two, two massive players, man. 
For sure, for sure. Um, this game, um, Cagliari started off so well and they really shell-shocked Venezia and they got two early goals thanks to Gianluca Lapadula. Just two first. very well-taken goals. Yeah. Just two, it shows that he's an experienced striker, man. Yeah, he's not, he's not big, but he'll, he'll score a header. Like. Yeah, yeah. Um, his, positioning, his positional awareness is very good in that yeah. box, man. And even the second goal was him capitalizing on a defensive error and he was so cool. Yeah. Like, like yeah. Not yeah. a moment of panic. To me, it's these goals that impress me more than yeah. anything, man. <laughs> For sure. The Venezia manager, um, Vanoli, made some good substitutions in the 52nd minute and good, meaning effective, of course, as he brought yeah. on Pierini to replace Candela and he capitalized on Ellerson's run to head the ball into the net, giving Venezia hope. But that was not enough. Um, they got close at the end, but Cagliari held quite firm and they endured the five minutes of stoppage time. Christov had a late header at the end, but yes, mm. it was not enough. Yeah, they started a bit too late, Venezia, in this game. Um, or rather, Genoa started very early. Uh, Cagliari. Sorry, Cagliari started very early. Yeah, um, a great strong start and they held... Firm. Firm, that's the word. <laughs> yes, they held. You should see me shaking my fist like an old man. <laughs> they held. What's the word? <laughs> So, as we said, naturally awaiting them in the semi-finals, where, in fact, um, Bari and Parma, naturally. So, it was Sutterol that went to play against Bari. I believe we can start with that one, bro. Sutterol against Bari. So, this was a very um, entertaining clash between Sutterol and Bari. Both legs were... Of course, very entertaining. Those yeah. of you who listened to, I believe it was the episode before the last, we were actually watching Sutterol Bari, the first leg, which was kind of tame up until mm -hmm. the very last minute, which tends to be the case with these playoff games, yeah. you know? They start in the 90th minute. Everyone's super cautious at first, they don't want to commit, and then exactly in the 91st minute, shit goes down. Um, and it was actually in the 92nd minute when Sutirol, who were holding their own against Bari pretty well, mm -hmm. scored a 92nd minute winner. Yeah. And that took them, of course, with an advantage into the second leg. But of course, in the second leg in Bari Stadium, it was always going to be a different story. Stadio San Nicola, the gorgeous stadium. San, fuck me, dude, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's got 52,000 people, of course. Um, you look at the architecture on the stadium, it's like gorgeous. each section is cut off and they're like yeah. blocks. No, it's, it's so yeah. beautiful. This game, Sutterol did not turn up. They came to defend their advantage. They had zero shots on target. Bari dominated. They had 67% ball possession. Ricci actually got sent off in the 47th minute. And um, Bari still managed to get a winner in the 70th minute. Of course, it was 1-1 on aggregate. But um, Bari, due to a superior league finish, went through to the final. The other semi-final took place between Cagliari and Parma, another two teams that we've seen very recently in Serie A. Um, the first match was a 3-2 victory for Cagliari in their stadium. However, it wasn't looking like that was going to be an outcome. If you look at the first 26 minutes of the game, or for that matter, the first half and all the way into the second as well, it was um, Beneditzak that opened the scoring for Parma in the 10th minute. Apologies for butchering <laughs> that. And then Som, Simon Som in the 26th that made it 2-0 for Parma. Cagliari struggled to adapt. However, a key substitution in um, bringing on Luvumbo really turned things around for them. He got a goal in the 68th minute. 
Lapadula scored a penalty in the 85th minute and then Luvumbo got his second of the night in the 89th to get a very, very dramatic victory for Cagliari over this Parma mm. team. Um, Luvumbo definitely changed the game, bro. His intensity was next level and he caused confusion in that Parma um, box. It was two goals for Luvumbo. And he won the penalty, which yeah. Lapadula converted. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ridiculous, Fantastic. ridiculous stuff by him. It was a shame to see Buffon injured and substituted in the first half because I, I would have liked to see how who would have dealt with yeah. those, with the penalty, especially um, exactly. with those, with those um, shots by Luvumba. But yes, on to an exciting second leg where Parma just couldn't do it. Ranieri's men just shut up shop. Um, yeah. Parma only managed one shot on target Cagliari actually managed four shots on target Had 14 attempts in total They gave up the majority of possession But Cagliari held firm And they're through to the final Exactly I mean there was only one approach to take over Yeah I don't think they did it to a ridiculous extent yeah. of, of shutting up shop Like the, the same way Sutterol did They were playing they, they were in the game In fact you see They did have 14 shots They had four of them on target so it wasn't, you know, it, it's not like they just went in there and then shut up shop completely. It was still a competitive game. Um, I think Cagliari overall were better than Parma in, in this game in particular. Yes, yes, yes. I agree with you. And then we go on, bro, to the finals. Yes, I think Cagliari-Bari was a very fair final to have considering the quality on both teams and very unique mm-hmm. qualities um, for both of these sides. It's interesting when you look at the fact that Bari, who automatically were in the semi-finals after a third place finished, played one lesser game than Cagliari, who had to play Venezia in the quarterfinals initially. Is that mm. a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Would you rather play um, the extra game for momentum or rest it, your legs? That's it. It could be um it could have given them more momentum, more it could have gotten them more into the flow of things. But of course, uh, playing football at this time of year mm. in Italy can be very exhausting because of course it gets hot. No, it's easier to play yeah. when it's kind of fresh. Um, I still think, however, resting is more important. No, like like Cagliari risked injuries; they have to give everything. You know, Absolutely. they're playing three, they're playing an extra game against a team that's fighting for their lives. Exactly. There you go. Uh, so, so that's it. Yeah. Absolutely. So naturally, the final was over two legs as well, which is incredibly strange. Just incredibly strange. Um, the first leg of the playoff final ended in a one-one draw. La Padula opened the scoring for Cagliari. And Cagliari did a great job defending for the entirety of the game. They did look like they were going to get away with a victory. However, in the 95th minute, Bari won a penalty. The manager brought on Antenucci, the veteran Antenucci, just for the penalty. And he scored it with the last kick of the game and his first kick of the game. One (laughs) and only fucking kick of the the game. Of Antenucci. Oof. Uh, it's also worth no- mentioning that Kedira actually missed a penalty. Um, Radunovic in the first half had an incredible performance. Yeah. Um, Bari won a penalty. Kedira stepped up to take it, and Radunovic actually saved it brilliantly over there. Not the best game for Kedira, not the best no. playoffs. For Kedira in general. Yeah, I think he has a curse. When I watch him play, he just doesn't seem up to the task, <laughs> yeah. man. But everyone raves about him. You see the amount of goals that he had the season before. He was third he top was the scorer. Third one, yeah. So yeah. I, I, he had it in, in my, when we were watching him in the World Cup, we're yeah. like, ah, oh, yeah, Serie B. Definitely Serie B. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he scored 17 goals in 31 games in Serie B. Yes, the Moroccan-Italian man who represented Morocco, naturally. Yeah. In 25 the... years old. Yeah. Young so guy. Has, has room for improvement. Exactly. 
in the second leg. Yep, the second leg, Cagliari secured promotion with a last-minute goal from Pavoletti. Bari, who are obviously favourites going into this because they finished higher than Cagliari, um, they drew away at Cagliari Stadium, and it's no easy task for Cagliari to visit the San Nicola Stadium. Keep in mind that a last-minute goal typically comes with a bunch of motivation, a bunch of momentum, a bunch of, you see what happens when we believe, (laughs) and Bari had all of that. But Cagliari were just very professional, very focused, Bari hit the post twice, but Cagliari held their own, and it did end with last-minute drama. Bless you, bro. Christ. Holy shit, the worst time. Yeah, I'm sorry. Bari did look like the better team throughout the game. They did look like they were going to get it done. However, that's not how the playoff finals works. That's not how football works. It was Pavoletti, the super sub, who came on and scored a volley Towards the end of the game with one of the last kicks yeah. of the game. After Zappa absolutely destroys his man. What a goal yeah. that was. That was, it was a brilliant goal. What yeah. a brilliant showing. They silenced that San Nicola Stadium. Yeah. The, the scenes were immaculate. Ranieri bawling his yeah. eyes out. The players going absolutely nuts. What a game. What a finish. It always finishes like this. Always. It's you true. look at last year. It was between... It was between um, Monza and Pisa. Between Monza and Pisa. And that was mental. There was Torre Grossa playing for Pisa. There was Torre Grossa playing for Pisa. Who was it? Gitkier got the goals for Monza over there. Like last season was mad. The season before was mad. I remember the season Hellas Verona had Pazzini as their superstar. They kept bringing him on at the end. He got them promoted. God. Yeah. My God, I mean, they're always so entertaining, these games. Um, yes. and, and you see things that you would have never seen before. Like, for example, the players, the Bari players, were driven onto the pitch. The bus pulled up, like, by the bench, and the players just got off the bus, the bus and onto the pitch. Immaculate like. scenes, man. Immaculate scenes. Honestly, it's like you're watching... Okay, the quality obviously isn't like a Champions League final, yeah. but the atmosphere is definitely... Like a yeah. Champions League final, man. Yes, man. These are these are the best games, in my opinion, to watch. Absolutely. So now we have Frosinone, Genoa and Cagliari all in Serie A. And we wave goodbye to Spezia, Cremonese and Sampdoria. Another season with Genoa and Cagliari in the league. And obviously it's nice to see a club like Frosinone coming back after so long, man. Yeah, it's, it's been a hot minute for Frosinone, man, but they're they're finally back. They've got their own bummer over there, Frosinone. I always forget his name because it's kind of complicated. Mu- Mulattieri. 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 The 22-year-old Italian scored 12 goals okay. in 29 games. Yes, he's not bad. Um, looks like Anne Frank. <laughs> I was going to say looks a bit like Adrian Brody. Mm. Who does kind of look a bit like Anne Frank, if I'm being honest. <laughs> There we go. So, yeah, it's quite a few bombers for those fantasy football players and say, uh, ah, there are going to be some interesting little options over there, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was it. Th- that was the playoffs. I hope you enjoyed this very short episode, guys. We have lots planned. Don't worry, we will be back. Um, as you know, last weekend, for example, we released two episodes for you. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, we'll, be, we'll be around. Don't worry. <laughs> exactly. I mean, now that the season comes to an end, we want... To do nothing more 
than to talk about football and, and do football related stuff so we'll try our best to keep you guys entertained whilst obviously keeping ourselves nice and entertained by speaking to you guys and sharing our findings with you there's nothing we love more yes bros so check us out at say a spotlight on instagram and on tiktok guys um give us a rating check out our patreon if you would like to support what give we us do. a kiss give us a kiss ciao 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 guys I ain't touching nothing that I do, I mean no disrespect The bars today was dropping over there, we'll make them switch connects Get anything I want to making sure I never miss a step Only thing we ever focused on is secrets better cut Everywhere we go, I'm that nigga, mean no disrespect If it ain't no money on the line, it's a disconnect Found a couple stacks in accounts that I didn't check